The readings today come from Romans 1, 1 to 7, and Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. <clears throat> and you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And Matthew 1, 18 to 25, the birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Well, Joe's got you worried by saying you might have to participate in some way, but don't worry, that doesn't come until the end. So you can relax for a few minutes at least. Although it would be good by, to participate by just being quiet for a few moments and just individually just asking that God might speak to us as we reflect together on his words. So let's just be still for a few moments. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. There are so many incredible stories of God's calling in his word. Uh, I never tire of hearing the story of Moses, the one who was lacking in confidence, who was struggling with something of a stutter, and yet was called to lead the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Or what about the story of Esther, the queen, described as being called for such a time as this to be God's mouthpiece? Or David, the shepherd boy, ruddy and handsome, called in from the field when his older brothers didn't quite fit the bill in the king-choosing process, and ultimately the most celebrated king in Israel's history? 
What about the Apostle Paul, full of his own self-importance on a personal mission to wipe out the fledgling Christian community? And yet one whose life was transformed by that encounter, that dramatic encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. A few of us are off to uh, Hazemere on Friday, Saturday. So uh, who have we got here? Johnny, uh, Matt, welcome back. Sam, Jonas, myself, various others from Christchurch. And we'll be looking at the story of Nehemiah. So I've been uh, preparing for that this week. And inspired by his example, the one who was devastated by the thought that his city's walls might lie in ruin and brought it to God in prayer and then was prompted to act. Pretty incredible stories, all of these. Perhaps none more incredible than the story of Mary, the ordinary teenager called to be the Theotokos, the God-bearer. Each called to play their part, each responding in obedience. All of these people were called to action. There was something for them to do, something that took them out of their comfort zones. And yet today in our gospel reading, we meet Joseph. He didn't have to do anything. (laughs) Most of us dads have had our part to play in the reproduction process. In Joseph's case, even his sperm wasn't needed. His call was simply to obedience, to stick with his fiancée despite his state of confusion as to how exactly she might have become pregnant and to keep his hands off her until the baby was born. This was quite some call. I imagine he felt like something of a spare part at times, but he heeded his call to obedience. And we're reminded that God's call isn't always about lots of doing, Sometimes it's as much about being. The call of God, of course, is experienced in diverse ways by different people, and the call of God for each of our lives is going to be different. It's not the same for any two of us. In Romans 1, Paul helps us to understand the essence of what it means to respond to God's call, whatever it might look like. Right at the beginning in Romans 1 verse 1, he speaks of himself as both a servant on one hand and also an apostle. And he then unpacks the calling of all God's people in three dimensions in the language that he uses. He speaks of the call to obedience in verse 5. When we respond in faith to Christ, it's not just a head response, it's also a heart response. And over time, we learn what it means to live God's way, to put his concerns over our concerns and live a life of obedience. But in the following verse, verse 6, we're called to belonging, to recognize we're part of something bigger and to play our part in God's community, the church, belonging to Christ. And then in verse 7, he speaks of the call to holiness, to stand out, to shine bright, to reflect the image of Jesus himself. A call to obedience, a call to belonging, a call to holiness. We can have the next slide. And Joseph, in his call to inaction, demonstrates this obedience, this belonging, and this holiness that Paul would later write about. And we can be grateful for his example and what we can learn from him. 
But I was thinking about this and was reminded that we can also be very grateful, and I've certainly got cause to be grateful, I know Joe has, all those of us in leadership, for those who've responded to God's call in obedience and belonging and holiness this year. How people have done so, and so many of you have done so, in the life of the gathered church here at Christchurch. Those who've given sacrificially of their time, of their money, of their talents, with a heart to see God's kingdom advance here at Christchurch. Often whilst facing personal challenges and pressures in wider life. Men and women who've sensed God's call and responded faithfully to it, in their doing and in their being. We are so richly blessed at Christchurch. And all that goes on in Jesus' name here is only possible because of the many, many people who give so freely of their time and of their energy. Seven days a week in the various ministries of the church. Great cause to be thankful. But also the living out, the obedience in, our, in the scattered church. Serving Christ on our front lines, managing businesses with integrity, treating colleagues with respect, exercising compassion, parenting or grandparenting with sacrificial love, serving others without a desire for recognition and rewards. In fact, only you know what your obedient service has looked like, for much of it will have been unseen and unheralded. But that expression of obedience, of belonging, and of holiness, for some of you, that has stretched you to the limit this year. But God is pleased with your efforts. As the father would later say to the son at his baptism, with you I am well pleased. Well done, good and faithful servant. But of course we must never get complacent. Obedience to God's call one day can so easily be followed by rebellion the next as we start to push ourselves to center stage and start to do things our way rather than God's way. God calls us to what Eugene Peterson describes as a long obedience in the same direction. Surely that was true for Joseph, a long obedience in the same direction, yesterday, today, and forever, whatever life might throw at us along the way. For myself, as someone who's experienced the heartache and the breakdown of a marriage, I've sought and will continue to seek to be obedient to God's call. For those dealing with grief or the prospect of the loss of a loved one, the call goes out to an ongoing obedience, belonging, and holiness. For those who are riding on the crest of a wave with financial success and healthy relationships, the same call goes out, along obedience in the same direction. It might involve some doing, but it also involves some being. Very conveniently, yesterday in my inbox, a, a blog post landed, which had in it a little piece by Mark Green from the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, who we connect with so strongly here at Christchurch. And it was simply called Joe, Honest Solid Joe. And it's not referring to a vicar, it's referring to this man up here. The carpenter, the man in the background, almost always depicted as so much older than Mary, even by Rembrandt. 
old enough to be her father, the protector, not the lover of the young bride. There's Joe ushering the donkey along the road. There's Joe being turned away by the innkeepers. There's Joe watching the wise men offer their gifts. No prophetic song saw from his heart. In fact, the Bible records not a single word of his. And he slips out of the story without even a sentence to mark his passing. He's a craftsman, a working man. God did not entrust his son to be fathered by a rabbi or a scribe or a Pharisee or a rich merchant, but by Joe. A man who did not need an angel to appear to him to change the direction of his life, but only a dream. A man who put God's agenda for his betrothed before his own hopes. A man who left his home and his business for the sake of the girl he loved and the God he loved. A man who set aside the sexual expression of his love for Mary until after Jesus' birth, just as his son would set aside the joys of marriage and sexual love. A man who risked Herod's murderous intent and was ready to lay down his life for his bride, just as his son would be ready to lay down his life for his bride, the church. Maybe Jesus learnt a thing or two from honest, solid Joe. In an era where we like our heroes articulate, powerful and sparkling, Joe offers a different model. The Bible uses a telling phrase to describe him. He was a good man. Would that be epitaph enough for us? Good old Joe. We have a really important role in encouraging one another in the fulfillment of that sort of call, the call to obedience, the call to belonging, the call to holiness. And we can be inspired by the Nehemiahs and the Marys and the Pauls and the Davids, but also by the Tims, by the Debbies, by the Daves, by the Joes. And so in terms of our reflection on this, I just want us to think for a few moments. And uh, this is a bit where we're going to have to interact with one another. And there's just some, one simple question. It's there on the screen. just want you to think for a few moments. What has it meant for you to respond in obedience in 2019? That may have been a, a massive challenge. There may have been something in your life where you've just really struggled to respond. It may be just in the everyday, what seems like the very ordinary. But it doesn't hurt us to reflect. And then that causes us to think about how that life of obedience continues to be worked out as we go forward into a new year. So just going to give a, a couple of minutes, just turn in twos or threes, people near you, uh, if you don't know them, just introduce yourself, say a quick hello, and then just reflect together on that question. What has it meant for you to respond in obedience in 2019? 
And then very briefly, just perhaps if one in your group, if you feel able, can just express a simple prayer, and then I'll bring us back together after that and we'll sing. Okay, I know uh, some of you are, are praying as we go. If you haven't got that far, then just going to draw us back together with a prayer. It's actually the collect for St. Joseph. So it really expresses what I wanted to leave us with this morning, the collect prayer. God, our Father, who from the family of your servant David raised up Joseph the carpenter to be the guardian of your incarnate son and husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary, give us grace to follow him in faithful obedience to your commands through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen.